Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. In this episode, I speak with Steve Bazogany. Okay, I said it right. And I paused because and I don't know if I'm going to edit it out, but there is like bloopers like <laughs> like never before. I could not say Steve's name. So Steve, I think I nailed it that time. You can find Steve on all uh, social media, but LinkedIn is a great place to find him. I'm going to spell that last name and that's B-U-Z-O-G-A-N-Y. Steve is the appreciation advocate. This is a really awesome episode. You know, I say it every single time, but every episode, there's like these gold little bits that come out and where you really connect with someone. So Steve went to college to be an accountant realized very quickly, uh, like junior year, that that's not what he wanted to do. Started doing some real estate stuff because he knew he couldn't tell his parents that he didn't want to do accounting, but that uh, he needed to have a plan. The other thing is Steve grew up in a neighborhood in Philly that was all men. His his mom was the only kind of woman that was present there, went to an all-boys school. And the story of how he decided to really go after his real estate career because he wanted to stay home for his future kids, because he wanted a life that like his parents gave him as a kid is just absolutely beautiful. So again, you want to find Steve. He's an author, speaker, consultant, theappreciationadvocate.com. You can find him on Instagram, theappreciationadvocate. You can also find him on Instagram at the Philadelphia Real Estate Agent. He has a top of mind marketing coaching um, program that you guys can find on Facebook. You can email him, Steve at The Appreciation Advocate. The other thing that's really cool is how Steve stood out in the real estate market in Philadelphia. He's young. He's he's 31, even though he, he's an old soul. He did something really cool where he would give like a really thoughtful gift. And we dive into that. So it's it's such an important thing to do for a brand. And as he said, which I loved this so much, was every time someone would walk into a kitchen, he has this whole kind of thing that you can hear in the episode. But they would think of him. So it was like an impression without him having to call and say, Hey, do you have any contact. So really his business was built on referrals and that just shows the type of person he is. So again, you guys do not want to miss this episode of your next stop with Steve Bazogany. I think I said it right again. <laughs> the appreciation advocate. Enjoy. Hi, it's Juliette Hahn, storytelling consultant and the host of five different podcasts. I have two more podcasts coming out. Uh, stay tuned for those. So what do I do in my consulting part of my business? I help small business owners shorten the buying cycle and increase sales by using key parts of your story. By leveraging your personal and business story, you can build relationships with potential customers on a deeper level and help them feel more connected to you, help you stand out in this noisy digital world. When you're doing that, this can lead to a shorter buying cycle and increased sales. So what makes me an expert? I have developed a strong intuition for understanding and reading people from a very, very early age. It is my superpower. I have perfected my skills over the last 20 years and it started in advertising and then I pivoted into interviewing, uh, podcasting and speaking. So what I really help you guys do is find those gold bits of your story and be able to help you connect the dots. I help you find those pieces that always should be brought up if you're doing podcasting, if you're doing social media posts, if you're networking. I find and help you connect those dots to those little gold bits that should always be brought up. I offer a 30-minute free discovery call. If this is something that you're interested in exploring a little bit more, please email me at info at imjulietthon.com. 
Welcome back to your next stop. You guys know I say this every time and I have to. Sometimes I like try not to say it, but then I'm so excited about the guests that I have and the story and the journey that they're on that I know you're going to be just as excited. So welcome, Steve. And I I had it. It's monogamy, mahogany, but it's not. It's monogamy. No, I can't say it. What's say it again? (laughs) Bizogony. (laughs) Bizogony. (laughs) Now I wrote it down and bizogony. You practiced it and you still... He's still at art. <laughs> oh no, my and my listeners know because of my dyslexia. If there's a name that is messed up, like I could practice it a billion times, and then it's still like the way I first mispronounced it is the way that I continue to mispronounce it. it. You're so, just gonna own it the wrong way. So, I am no, but Steve. <laughs> and that's fine. I'm gonna get this. It's Steve. <laughs> okay. Bazogany. Yes, nailed it. Okay. So welcome Steve. Oh, good. So welcome Steve Bazogany to your next stop. How are you? So far so good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So I'm just going to preface. So you guys, you could see that name. Um, I like said to him, I literally had to write it down phonetically. I watched his YouTube. I pronounced it a million times. And then the way I spelled it is not the way that it actually is pronounced. So that was, um, that was pretty entertaining. So Steve, <laughs> as we kind of <laughs> butchered your name here, I would love for you to kind of, um, jump into your story. But first, I want to let people know why you're here. I mean, this is like exciting because Philadelphia, my listeners know my my mom and my brother live in Philly. I actually grew up right outside of Philly. So I am, you know, Philly, Philly, we, we kind of bleed green, but don't tell my husband because I live in New York and he's a Giants fan. Uh, and uh, all, you know, New York, New York stuff. So in the perfect. sidelines. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so on the sidelines, I, you know, I, I, I chuckle because I'm always like you're rooting for the, you know, some Philly teams. But Steve is a author, speaker, consultant, and coach, depreciation advocate. You can find him really all over the socials. LinkedIn is the best place. You can also find the the appreciationadvocate.com. You can go to Instagram, the appreciate advocate, and then also Philadelphia real estate agent. And he has this really cool thing that we're going to get into. It's called Top of Mind Marketing. It's a coaching program. There is a Facebook group that you can join for the beta. And, uh, you know, Steve will get into that. But first, we're going to kind of dive into your story, Steve. I would love to know a little bit about your background, kind of where you grew up, and then we'll, we'll jump into the rest of the story. Okay. Yeah. So, You've done a great job telling everybody where I'm from. So I did. I grew up here in Northeast Philadelphia, and uh, now I live in Northwest Philadelphia. But um, kind of a, a, I like to say I have the the best childhood anyone ever had. I grew up in a neighborhood full of all boys, and it was just like you know, seeing a, a woman walk down the street was like a huge deal. Uh, and then um, when then we and it was funny. All the boys that I grew up with, we all went to all boys high school. So like it was just like you know females were kicked down the road another four years. So it was like, you know, you finally get to college and it was like, Oh my God, what is that thing? (laughs) (laughs) So you see these, you know, so I I had an awesome childhood, ended up going to St. Joe's university and for college. Um, And then the thing at St. Joe's is where everything kind of changed for me. Cause I I went and did this stereotypical, like get a secure job, you know, do something that you're going to, um, that you'll be hired for when you get out. And it was like, everyone's like, yeah, Steve, you're good with math and you're good with numbers. You're a numbers guy, do accounting. And I was like, okay, whatever. But that was what everybody else wanted, not what I wanted. So, but I, but it was safe and secure, quote unquote. Uh, so I did that. Um, but I got to junior year when I did my first or sophomore year, I did my first internship, junior year, I did my second internship. And I realized I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this for 40 years. I can't sit in front of a computer. I can't have a same day every day, all day long for eight hours a day for 30 years. I just, some people can, I can't, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Absolutely not. And I was like, 
but it was also problem was it was senior year. So I was like, ah, crap. So like, you can't like start over. So I basically tossed accounting out and, you know, I went to school physically, but the brain was not there. Like mentally, I was like, I need to find another way to make an income that does not require any prerequisites at all. Uh, so enter real estate, you know, where we sell the most expensive asset people own and have little to no qualifications for entry into this business. So I get this, uh, I go into real estate, which is funny that that's the way it is. But I started out as an investor flipping houses with my parents. And then I got into, uh, uh, I've, I, we were working with a real estate, a couple of real estate agents, and I realized that a few of them, I could do their job better than them. And they were making good incomes. I was like, hmm, you know what? I could, if I can do better than them, I can make a pretty good income. So I got my license and then I got the whole rookie of the year award and all the other fun ju- junk they give you. And I was just more happy that I had an income and something to be proud of <laughs> right, <laughs> rather, yeah, so- rather than, rather than the right. awards. Yeah, no. And you know what? I want to stop because my dad was in real estate and actually my, and I'm probably going to say it wrong, but no one else is going to know. So that's all right. But it was my, my dad's mom was one of the first realtors in New Jersey, women realtors. So it like, it kind of bleeds back, but, uh, and then my sister went into corporate real estate. Uh, so we have, you know, I have that foundation. My dad had his own company for a while and then worked for different agents and, um, worked, you know, that he loved, loved doing. And I remember going to the houses and, you know, seeing them before and, and really being a part of his life in that world. Um, the one thing that I think that uh, the one thing that you actually said that's really important and that I know my listeners know that it's something that we talk about a lot. And it's you go to school sometimes because it's what like your parents, society tell you you should do. And some people just continue even though they're miserable and they hate what they're doing, but it was what they started. They don't want to seem like they failed. They don't want to take that step back because they're like, oh, it's going to take too long. I, you know, put money into here. I put effort into here. I'm just going to do it. And then they kind of just scale through, skate through life, but they're really never that inspired. And, you know, sometimes other things happen down the road because they don't have that outlet of what really they're supposed to be doing. So when you went to your did you go to your parents and say, yeah, I'm not doing this accounting? What was their reaction? Or did you kind of just keep it to yourself and like, let me kind of find some other things that I like. So then when I go to them, I can say, hey, I'm not going to do this, but I do have a plan. Uh, it's the second, I, more along the second law, second thing he said, where I didn't tell them that I said, this is bull crap. I'm not doing this. I just, because my mom would have been like, well, what do you, what's your plan? And I didn't have one. <laughs> so I was just like, Hey, I'm going to do this real estate thing on the side. I think this is cool. I'm like, mom, you own your own business. I think I'm going to do this business on the side. So like summer after junior year of college, I was like, um, I said, I'm going to just do this real estate thing. So I learned, started doing it. And, um, I made some, like, I made like close to $40,000 in a summer. And I was like, yo, there's some legs to this thing. <laughs> and my mom was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, you know, don't forget, you still got a job to get or whatever. So I started working really hard to make sure I had a job, uh, or to make sure the real estate work because I didn't want to do the job thing. Uh, fun fact, neither one of them worked over the long term. Uh, so I, it was very hard to sell real estate as a 20-year-old kid. A lot of people didn't give me a lot of credibility. So um, I needed some really good training. I ended up going to a brokerage that I thought had the training, didn't work out. Uh, great people, just there was no training there. So I ended up going to Berkshire Hathaway, which was the biggest uh, brokerage in Philadelphia at the time. And I had some really good training there. I had like literally the best top 10 agents in the entire city were all in this one brokerage. So I got tons of training there. Um, my mentor at the time, he's really funny. Um, I showed up basically looking like the way I do now, like with like a long sleeve t-shirt on, um, and like some sweatpants. And he was like, 
And he just grabbed me by the shirt like this and pushed me up against the wall and was like, don't you ever walk in here ever again looking like that. I said, what's wrong? He's like, you told me you wanted to be one of the best in the city and the best in the city doesn't dress like that. He's don't ever come in here without a suit on ever again. I was like, all right, you make $750,000 a year and I look like this and you look like that. Fair enough. Okay, fine. I'll get my freaking crap together. <laughs> so, so I obviously I never showed up without a suit on again. In fact, I actually show up in a three piece suit. That's usually my, my go-to. So, um, got that corrected quickly. Uh, and I got all the training I needed. So that was, that was helpful. And then, um, obviously from there I went. Right. And so, right. And so your parents, you said that they, they kind of did the flipping oh, the parents of the, part. Yeah. yeah. They did the flipping of the houses with you now. Are they, what do they do? So are they entrepreneurs as well? Um, traditionally or, yeah. okay, they are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my I mom mean, started a cleaning business in 1985, a commercial cleaning business. So she cleans like office buildings and things like that. And then, you know, so that's where I started my career, uh, as in my, my working career was cleaning floors for my mom. And then my dad quit his job and started working for my mom. So basically we all did everything mom said all the time, whether it was in the house or on the job, it was just, everybody listens to whatever mom says. Right. Well, that's, that's usually how it is. And again, it's kind of funny that you grew up, uh, you know, with all men around you, but the mom was, the, was the leader and we could, <laughs> we could dive into mm -hmm. that, but we don't the need to. <laughs> yes, the glue that holds everybody together. Mother's Day is coming up, so gotta gotta get that straight now. <laughs> no, exactly. So I think that's so interesting. So you really did have that kind of entrepreneur mindset in your head, but accounting was like this is what you're good at. Be safe, which is interesting when you have parents that also kind of think out of the box that they were trying to not put you in a box, but like, that's what you were like learning. Okay. Maybe I need to stay in this box because it's safe. It's comfortable. Did you ever as a kid, um, cause I love diving into this a little bit when parents, you know, sometimes when a parent has a nine to five job, they walk through the door and you can feel, you know, how, however they're coming in or on the vice versa, if a parent is an entrepreneur, you can feel how that comes in. So one of the guests that I have on, that's one of like a story that it just always was so interesting to me. She couldn't remember why she wanted to be an entrepreneur. She's like, I don't know. I just always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My dad's a professor. My mom stayed home, but it's just something I thought was cool. And I'm like, well, you had to see it somewhere, right? You had to see it. Like you had to read about it or feel it or whatever. And she's like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, okay. And then as we continued talking, she was like, oh my gosh, wait a second. My dad owned a shop and I could literally see her light up. And it was the coolest thing because she started lighting up and she's like, I was really young and I can't believe I haven't thought about this forever. But we like, you know, sat with the neighbor, the neighbor also owned it and the kids all got to eat dinner. And it was like when we all got to go out and there was like dancing and party and all this, she goes, and he only had it for a little while. And I said to her, was dad, the professor, you know, that walked through the, the door, a different energy than dad, the shopkeeper and literally her mouth dropped. And I was like, you've been chasing that energy, right? So sometimes that could be, you you don't want to do it because the energy your parents bring in. So when you were growing up, was it that you saw the struggles of being an entrepreneur that you were like, you know what, an accounting is safe or was it just kind of, you know, just kind of happened naturally? So I think there's two parts to that. The first part is I think my parents and and friends and family recommended my, my parents, especially recommended accounting as it's safe because my mom knows the grit and the grind it takes to run a business. And I think she was afraid that I might not be up for it. So it was like, I'm more of a protection thing. She's like, you know, I grinded my ass off for 30 plus years at this point, it's 40 years almost. Um, so she just knows she's seen the path and she knows it's not a pretty one and building a business and any of any kind of level of success takes grit and grind and persistence and 
no quit attitude, you know, push through it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So she just wanted, she's like, I don't know. I don't know if you are meant for it. Like you might have it, but you might not. And I just don't want to see you get hurt. So I'm like, so that was, that's the first part of it. Uh, the second part of it was my own observation of them. Cause I know that growing up my one or one or both of my parents was always there for me at some point when my brother and I had soccer games, they were both there basketball games. We were both there track meets. They were both there and they were always there. And I was like, you know what? When I was, when I was going off to college, they were both there. Like they were always, most of the time, both of them were there and they were, and they were pissed if they weren't able to get to the, to a, a, whatever it was, an event or whatever. Like if it was just mom doing one thing and dad had to go do something else, people are like, damn, I hate when I miss your games. That's usually yeah. the games that I really played like outstanding at too. He was like, of course you score three goals in a game when I don't show up. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so, yep. um, so seeing that I was like, when I turned like 18, 19 years old, I was like, you know what? And it was right after that stupid internship in college. I was like, you know what? I can't be there for my future kids when, if I'm doing this. And I said, I want to be able to deliver a fatherhood um, for these future kids. I have two kids now, but at the time I was like, I need to, uh, I need, I need to be that guy. Like that my dad was that my mom, that my, my mom was and be that present figure in their life, the way they were present in my life. I, I can't not be that guy. So I need to find a career path that allows me to do that. And that's how I found real estate. And then when I got into real estate, I was like, I was like, that was the goal I was working towards the whole time. And then it was like, when I turned 29, my wife was pregnant for the first time. Now I'm 31 and I have two kids. And it's like, now I'm actually living the dream I set 10 years ago, which is wild. And so cool because now I get to bring them to showings. It's like, Hey, you know, okay. You're one's two and a half. The other's a year old in a couple of weeks. So like, I bring them around for showings. The other one goes to daycare. And then, you know, I'm, I'm always there for them all the time. Like I pick them up at daycare, I drop them off at daycare. Uh, my wife gets pissed at me sometimes because she's not able to be around as much as I am. But I was like, Hey, you know, I set this goal for 10 years ago. I've been working towards this. Like this is, this is an outcome of 10 years of work. This isn't just like, I didn't just decide to do this. Um, this is 10 years of work to try to get to this point. So now that presents another problem, which is now I am now living in a little bit of a vacuum because now I don't, there's no goal for the next 10 years. And I have to, that's what I'm working on putting together now because it's like, okay, you've achieved being a present father. Now you obviously have to continue to do that. But like, now what are you working on? It's like, like what's the next uh, milestone you want to hit here? So obviously maintaining a presence in their life and a positive presence, that's a big thing. Um, but I don't want it to just be, I don't want my goal to be maintaining. I want to be shooting for something. So I just don't know what that is yet. No, I love that. And I, I feel the same because whenever I miss my kids stuff, it, it makes me crazy. And I'll have friends that are like, you literally, I have three kids and they all play sports and I will on the weekends. I mean, sometimes I don't even sit down and I don't care. I'm like on, you know, either at the basketball, I'm at the lacrosse soccer. And it's, it, it literally lights me up. I played sports. I played sports in, in college. So I played for a long time and I just love that energy. But watching your kids play and succeed is like nothing else. And it's, you know, it's not like, I have you know, to it's, see that. I'm so excited for that. It's so fun. Oh my God. I literally, I'm like the mom and I'm the cheery mom. I'm not like a negative mom, uh, but I am, I'm the loud mom that like, you know, gets into it, fist pumps, you know, like high fives when it's, <laughs> I mean, I get into it, I jump okay. off the bleachers. I mean, my kid one time hit like the, uh, you know, the, the winning three at the buzzer, a buzzer oh. beater. And uh, I literally, uh, I would have lost my crap. 
Oh, I jumped up and jumped off the bleachers, but I jumped up and jumped like so high that I almost actually twisted an ankle and I got lightheaded. So I almost like fell down. I was like, Oh my gosh. I, okay. I'm, a, I guess a little older and I really can't just jump up like that. It was though, it was come back insane. down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. I can't wait till they're old enough to do that stuff. They're still a little young. (laughs) Yeah, no, but they will. will. So I love that. And I love how you painted that because again, I think it's really important to people to dream and think about what they want for their future and not kind of just put themselves in that box and that bubble and not just think, oh, this is what I want for a little time. So I love that you kind of knew that you loved the way you grew up. You loved that your parents were there and you set that goal for yourself. And that's what I always challenge people to kind of dream, right? To find that space that they can dream. Don't like, you know, put parameters around it. Don't put it in a box. Just really go out there and and search and then try to do like okay, I have this dream. What what do I need to do to to get that done? And so I love how you painted that and how you really did that. So can you oh, take can us I through stop you right there real quick? Yeah. Real of quick course. before you turn I have I you just said something that kind of triggered one of the reasons I was able to reach the level of success that I have reached so far was you're talking about all of the, you know, paint the picture, imagine, you know, chase the dream and all that stuff. That's great. I and mean, that's like a vision board. Now, the thing that I realized in my 10 years out of college, or I guess I'm 11 years as a working human adult now. So basically what I would say is uh, what I learned is that a lot of, and, and this is a pretty well accepted fact that people are more driven by pain than they are pleasure. So like the vision board and all that stuff is great. But the thing is what I, and obviously it's best to look at it once or twice a day. What I created instead, or actually not instead to supplement the vision board was actually a nightmare board. So like, this is what happens if you don't do the work. And it was like a picture of a guy sitting in front of a lap or, or a, a computer at a cubicle. And then there was also me not being with my kids. And I was just like, where's the goddamn phone? <laughs> God, <I'm starting laughs> <to calls. laughs> I love like, that. You know, yeah. I don't want, I don't want that. I, but here's the thing. You don't look at the nightmare board every day because that's, you don't want to manifest the negative part of it. So you, that's just something you look at like once every two weeks, like you, you chase the vision, chase the vision. And then when you start to lose your motivation, you look at the nightmare scenario and it's like, fuck, yeah, F that. Like, I am not getting you, anywhere you near that. It's like, okay, right? yeah, where's the, where's the goddamn phone? Like, I need to find, I, I need to make some calls. I need to get the income going. Like, let's go. I'm not, I am not sitting in a stupid cubicle. I am not going to be a friggin' hobo on the side of the road, feed my kids with a, with a pen <laughs> and a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. You, so. But so I love that. And I love that you did that because it was kind of a reminder of like, okay, this is not what I wanted. So I think that's really cool for people to kind of visualize and do. So take us through like the next pivot. So where did, you know, all of your, your, your speaking and, and I know you're an author and all of that kind of come up and, and, and grow. Yeah. So the, the author is a work in progress. It's actually supposed to come out in a month. Um, yeah. So well, that's not, you're an author. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> I'm just trying not to take credit yet. <laughs> um, so what I would do, um, for me, I think it was just because, um, when I, I guess I, for lack of a better way to put it, maybe one of the, the higher producers in the real estate world. And basically uh, a lot of people said, Hey, how are you doing what you're doing? Like, I see you're not working like you're not crazy working. Like you're not like stressed. You're not like ripping your hair out. Like every high producer, everyone's always talking about how they're, they're, they're just busy, busy, busy all the time. They don't have time for anything. And they're like, Steve, you're not like that. Like, why are you so calm, cool, collected? You, you take the weekends off, you work in like four days a week and you're producing 20 plus million dollars in sales by yourself. Like you don't have, you know, you don't have buyer agents working for you. You know, you're just doing this on your own clients. You're getting referrals. Like what, 
what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, like, and then I started saying, Hey, like these are, I'm using gifts to this and that and the other, and basically went through my whole plan and they, um, they're like, wow, that sounds awesome. Uh, and it sounds like a lot of work. Uh, and so, you know, great, no problem, but I don't want to do that. So I just basically, that's how I got into the, um, the coaching part of things. It's like, Hey, let me show you how I did this. We had a, but then here's the other part of it. I've been through coaching programs myself over the last 10 years or so. And I've probably spent close to about a hundred thousand dollars on this kind of stuff. And I've been burned a million times. And I have got, gotten these coaches who make these big, bold promises. I can get you leads. I can do you this. I can do this, automate that, blah, 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 bull crap. I'm tired of it. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, here's $10,000 or here's $7,000 or here's $4,000. And then let me return to you with zero results. Um, and I'm not one to not put effort in. So I put the efforts into these things and these programs always turn out to be crap. So basically I'm creating a coaching program and I'm basically coming for all of those programs that ever screwed me up and screwed me over. And I'm just saying, you know what? I know you guys charge thousands of dollars and you know what? And you don't provide good service. So I'm going to charge nothing and provide great service. <laughs> That's basically, I'm just going to cut them all at the knees in terms of pricing and just be like, look, I'm charging less than a hundred bucks. <laughs> and, for this and, stuff. So, and that's and the type top of mind that, marketing. <laughs> right 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 no that's i love that yeah that's what top of mind marketing is yeah and so they can find that on facebook they can go there and um and get and i know you're just you're just starting that but i know um and i want to get into that for a second but i do know that when we originally talked like the one thing that you said that really kind of stood you know kind of made you stand apart and why you were getting the referrals were kind of a couple key things can you just let you know, the listeners know if they're out there, just like things for them to think about things that you did that you realized were really um, kind of your sauce. Yeah. So um, gift giving is my sauce. Um, one of the things is uh, what's funny about gift giving is that uh, one, a gift is a symbol of the relationship with the other person. So when you give somebody a gift card, um, it's a lazy gift. It's a terrible gift. And I look, I'm guilty of this stuff too. So I'm not like just talking everybody into the ground. Like I've given gift cards in the past before I learned how to be better at this. Um, so, uh, I just don't want anybody to think I'm just like talking down to people. <laughs> so like, no, um, not at all. yeah, but yeah. So, but like nothing says, I don't have time to put in a quality. I don't have enough time for you or a relationship with you better than a gift card does. So like you don't give those things, but what the other thing is a gift is an impression maker. And this is stuff that'll be in my book too. But like a gift stays. Like when you give somebody a gift card, one, it probably won't get spent. Or if you give somebody food or alcohol or champagne, which is the stereotypical realtor thing to do, like these things, they get consumed and they're, or flowers even. I mean, as nice as they are, they are still dead in a week. Um, but here's the other thing is like if you give people things that last, things that they use, things that they'll see often, they'll think of you multiple times a day. Like I give people when they bought homes for me, they, I gave them custom watercolor paintings of their home that they just bought. And it, they, every house I would go into, whenever I see them again, it's always hanging up because they see it every day now. And that's one impression for Steve every day or a cutting board that's like 18 inches by 24 inches custom to them, not me. It doesn't say Remax or Keller Williams on it. Um, and they, they keep it as a, it was such a nice piece of wood that they were like, Steve, I'm never going to cut this. I'm never using this. Like, this is a centerpiece. Like, I can't touch this. So, so like they would hang it up as a, a big piece in their kitchen. And every time, I mean, how many times does someone walk in their kitchen every day? It's like 19 times you get 19 impressions a day forever. I mean, that's going to last a lot longer and they're thinking of you. And then one, it's also because it's a show stopping piece of whether it's the artwork or the cutting board or whatever else it is. I have a, um, my methodology is called attacking the kitchen where we basically always just fill the kitchen with stuff that they can use, whether it's cut, not cut co knives, cutting boards, uh, 
I don't know, scissors, whatever else you can think of, pots and pans. Um, so whenever they touch anything in their kitchen, you come to mind because that's where they spend their time. That's where they entertain. And that's where other people, I, I can't tell you how many times, hey, Steve, how's having people over? They love the cutting board, by the way, but they're looking to buy a home. So I gave them your contact information and they, your names are blah, 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 blah. Call, you know, they'll call you soon. I was like, great, awesome. <laughs> so that's, that kind of stuff happens all the time. So that, that was my thing. It was just like staying in touch that way. And it's an easier, and this is the thing. I absolutely hate calling people from out of the blue and saying, hey, do you know anyone buying or selling a house? No, asshole. Like, like, <laughs> like just, just why are you calling me? Like, I feel like you need a shower after that phone call. So like, right. I'm just like gross. And so like sending the gift and then calling behind the gift, it was so much easier just to say, Hey, look, I just wanted to show how grateful I am for you for being a client or just if they're not a client and maybe you're trying to build a relationship with somebody. Um, it's just like, uh, or just because of, you know, I'm so grateful that you're in my life. So I wanted to show some appreciation. I sent you a gift. Wanted to just make sure you got it. And they're like, Oh my God, Steve, because it's a nice gift. They're always like over the moon about it. It's not like some cheap piece of crap. So they're like, yeah, see, this is so great. This is awesome. Thank you for sending it. Like how's things. And they know I'm in real estate. So the question inevitably will always show up. How's the market? <laughs> and that is my organic door open for me to now be a salesperson and close some business. Um, but they asked, not me. I didn't. So now it's a conversation and I, and I can be salesy without being like cringy salesy. <laughs> right. Well, and I love that strategy. I think it's really important for people to hear because it is, it's a different way to think about it and it's building relationships. Just like I always talk about how, right. And I, how I help people with their stories because stories sell, right? Stories connect. And so what you're doing is you have created a story for their home. Oh yeah, this guy, you know, he, he was my realtor and here's the story behind it. It's just going to make it and sit. And so I love that, that how you talked about the impressions. So what is the book called? Cause I know, I know it's coming out by the time this episode comes out, it already might be out. So you, you should shout it out. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking it's going to be, it's the impression scale is what I'm pretty much set on, but I, I think it might I can't decide whether it's between the impression scale or top of my marketing. So I can't decide which one I'm going to name it, but it's going to be one of those things. So if this is out, we'll, we'll, we'll put that all in the show notes. Search so both. Will... Just yeah. yeah, search both. <laughs> I'm sure one of them will come up. But we'll have that. We'll have that in the show notes for them. So when you decided to do top of my marketing, um, you know, I love that you kind of have said, this is something that you really want to give back to the community. You don't want people to kind of get that feel of like, I just spent all this money in, you know, in, in this coaching program and I didn't learn anything. It wasn't good. What kind of, if you could take people through a little bit of those steps of how you decided, okay, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to give back to the kind of the real estate, you know, business and people, but also what it's going to do for you as you move ahead in your business. Uh, I, well, I've read many times and, and from some of the top producing human beings on planet earth, it was just like, don't chase the money, chase making other people's lives better. The money will eventually appear. And I've found that to be very true because as a young man, before I was married and before I had kids, it was like, that's what I wanted. That's all I wanted was money. Like, it's just like, you're just this young, hungry guy. That's all you want to do is go make a career for yourself. And when you do chase money, you don't, you don't get it. <laughs> But as a, and I, you know, I'm acting like I'm some kind of wise old man right now just because I'm 31 and makes it sound like I've learned a lot. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not like anywhere close to like, you know, father time. But so what I would say is like, <laughs> so, so, Sorry, that made me laugh. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, no, you can, have, a, you can have an old, you can have an old soul. You can have an old soul. I've been called learn. an old soul. I've been called an old soul all my life. But since I was, they, my, my mom and dad have always said I'm 10 years older in my head than I am in, in my body. They said that when you were six, you acted like a 16 year old, 26 when you were 16. And now I'm, acting like a 41 year old, I guess. <laughs> so, Which is still, um, still not yeah. father time. You're still behind. That's still yeah, behind. Where yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah. So basically I think, um, where, where was the question? Sorry to bring it back. I no, yeah, no, um, no, I know father time kind of got us there. Uh, no. So what <laughs> you decide like not to chase money and you knew that. And so what you've learned in the oh, years yeah. that you've done is kind of why you started top of my marketing. Yeah. And I think, I think the other thing is like, because in real estate, the real estate industry is a, in an industry that there's a hard industry to get started when I know the failure rate in the first year is 87%. I, it's like a business endeavor that just promises you nothing. Like you have to be everything and it promises you nothing. And I think that for somebody to get into the real estate business and decide that that's what they want to do for a living, I think that takes a lot of gumption and a lot of, um, you know, you'd, um, cojones, if you will. So I want to say like that, that takes a lot of guts. And I think that's what, um, that I want to be able to give back to that and help those people that want to, you know, be the present father, like I do, uh, who want to reach higher heights who are just, or people who just want to get into a better position in life instead of, you know, maybe they're living in a really low income neighborhood that they don't want to be part of, or maybe they want to, uh, own a, a beach home for the first time in their life and be, or just change their family tree altogether. Like I want to be there to help you get there. And with the coaching program that I'm offering, it's just like, I want to be able to give you high value, but I want you to be able to use your money for your business and your customers rather than break the bank for a coaching program to the point so bad that you don't have any money left over to spend it on your business or you or your customers. And I, I've been in that position so many damn times and I just am tired of, of feeling it myself. And I can imagine I'm not the only one who's gone through that. So to be able to put together a coaching program that, allows people to just be like, Hey, you know what? This is going to be 50 bucks a month or less. I can get good coaching, good motivation, good methodologies and not, and still have plenty of money to spend on clients and, and my own business and invest in other things and, and grow. So I, that's, that's my whole uh, methodology and mentality behind it. Right. And it's also the people that you're going to meet through it, I think is what is always fun. I mean, that's one of the reasons why when I started my podcast and just the kind of connections that I've made and the stories that I've heard, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, and, and podcasting is not something that you, you, you're like, okay, I'm going to quit all my life to do podcasting so I can make a million dollars. Like that there's, you know, there's a very, very small percent that's there. But when you lead with the, the passion and the energy and the fun, and literally after I talk to someone like you during the day, it like my whole day, I'm like, you know, my kids always laugh because they're like, you know, they don't ask me how my day is anymore because they know I'm going to tell them and they know who <laughs> I'm going to tell them who I talk to. <laughs> so yeah, they'll just got that vibe. Yeah, I'm like, I know. Oh, I know what like, you mean. Oh, who, who'd you talk to today, mom? And they're like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. This is and so interesting because, and that's what you're going to do with the coaching program. You know, you're really going to put yourself where you're meeting people that all have, uh, you know, the desire to be better and you're going to be a part of that and helping them. So that's, that's very cool. So again, top of my marketing, they can find you in Facebook on Facebook in Facebook, wherever you want to yeah. <laughs> say mm-hmm. that. And, yeah. um, and that's a closed group and th- that's where they can get the information, but they can also go to, can they find it from your website, the appreciation advocate.com? Is that going to be uh, a link better, there? Actually. So what you could do is just send me an email directly because, uh, it's just easier that way. And I check my email pretty much 
every hour of every day. So I'm pretty on it all the time. So just send me an email to steve at appreciationadvocate.com and I'll get you in there. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, Steve, this has been great. Again, guys, you can follow Steve on all the socials, LinkedIn. And why don't you spell... I can I could actually spell your name because I have it written here. So it's B-U-Z-O-G-A-N-Y. Um, and, yes. and it's like mahogany, but it's... That's how you... Yeah. Rhymes bizogony. with ma- mahogany. <laughs> right. Correct. <laughs> yeah. You just change... You're really just taking out the uh, M-A-H at the beginning and putting a B-U-Z in there. Yeah. But when you're dyslexic and you have to do that, it's like literally hurts yeah, your brain. Well, it like it, hurt, it like yeah, well, hurts yeah. my brain. <laughs> like I'm like... I imagine ah. that's a totally different experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, I, I mean, yeah, it is what I, it is. I, I can't... Yeah. It's an extra step for you and I can, I can totally... <laughs> I can totally understand it. <laughs> yeah. But totally it, it. you know, it's what I, it's, I mean, it's my life and it's, it's actually, it, and I put now, you know, it's comical when I was in school, it wasn't so comical. Um, when I had to uh, read yeah. out, when I had to read out loud, but now it's kind of like, okay, yes. I mean, my kids will always say, wait, what did you just say? What, what did you just read? And I'm like, I don't know. I added like 10 letters there. <laughs> just <laughs> ignore me. <laughs> don't take that. Um, but no, <laughs> see, this has been great. I so appreciate you joining your next stop. You guys, you know what I say every single time you might've listened to this and been like, Oh, that's interesting. Interesting story. But you do not know who in your life needs to hear this episode. So I want you guys to kind of think in your brain, think who maybe in your life needs some inspiration, maybe needs a little like kind of a kickstart in their life. Maybe they're in a career that they don't love and they need to hear a story like Steve's. So again, Steve, thank you for joining your next stop. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome talking to you. Yeah, you too. Guys, don't forget, like, rate, review, and share. Don't forget to go find Steve. You can email him again at Steve, and it's just S-T-E-V-E. There's no no <laughs> no tricky stuff there at theappreciationadvocate.com. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 